What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, May 2nd. Man, I know it's been a minute since I've last spoken to you guys, man. It's been super busy in my life. I've been doing some different things. I've been helping Heat vs. The World build up their platform. That's a podcast I do for the Miami Heat that is featured on Five Reason Sports Network that's based out of South Florida in the Miami area. So go check that out when you get a chance. But I hope all you guys have been doing well out there. And I just want to tell you guys today, man, motivation fades, but good habits remain and habits in general remain. So develop good habits. Try and, you know, every single day, add on to some things, you know, try and just do things day by day to get you closer to what you're ultimately trying to do with your life. And I promise you, once you start to develop those good habits, good things are going to start to attract to you, man. So just develop good habits and watch the world around you change in a much, much better way, man. But again, I hope all you guys are doing well. Hopefully all you guys are staying safe and just continue to do you in this world full of fake and inauthentic people do you because that's one of the most powerful things that you can do. But man, I want to talk to you guys, of course, about the NBA playoffs. This past weekend, we just wrapped up the first round. It was okay. We didn't have no serious goal to seven games. We had the Brooklyn Nets were the only team to not win a single game, which is insane because they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets in a future episode because it's a lot to break down when it comes to them. But I really just want to talk about the conference semifinal matchups, the four individual matchups that we have in the East and Western conferences. So yesterday, Sunday, the first game that we had was the Milwaukee Bucks traveling to Boston, taking on the Celtics, where the Bucks won by a score of 101 to 89, beating the Celtics in game one in TD Garden. So I want to first start off by saying that I actually have the Bucks winning this series in six games. I know it's sad. Chris Middleton is not going to be playing in this series, more than likely dealing with the MCL. I think it's an MCL sprain, if I'm not mistaken. But we all know Chris Middleton has a history of just lighting up the Boston Celtics. But I think this series is going to come down to one important factor that I've been screaming for years. And it's the point guard matchup, quote unquote, point guard matchup between Drew Holiday and Marcus Smart. And if you watch the game yesterday, game one, Drew Holiday had a phenomenal game on both ends of the floor, but especially on offense. He came out early, hit a couple threes. He was getting everybody involved. Of course, he's always going to play that otherworldly defense that he's been playing for pretty much his entire life and for sure his entire NBA career. Drew is that guy. And nothing against Marcus Smart, but I've been saying this for years. Ever since the Celtics drafted Jason Tatum, they have not had a true point guard next to him and Jalen Brown. Yes, they've had Isaiah Thomas, they've had Kyrie Irving, they've had Kemba Walker. Those guys are scorers. They are high-level bucket getters. They are not true point guards. And Marcus Smart, nothing against him because I do like him and he's a really good player and he's super valuable and I know he's a fan favorite in Boston. He's not a point guard. He is a makeshift point guard. And you do have to give Ime Udoka and his staff credit for making it work and having Marcus Smart as their, again, makeshift point guard. But he's not a true point guard. He just doesn't have the instincts of a natural point guard. Like, imagine if the Celtics had, like, a DeJounte Murray or a Malcolm Brogdon as their point guard. To me, if that happens, I would automatically pick them as the favorites to win it all that season. Just because I think that puts them over the top. But Marcus Smart, it's nothing against him. 
He's just not a point guard. Like, that's all it comes down to. He's not a real legitimate point guard. He's not like how Kyle Lowry is or CP3. And obviously, those are all-star level point guards. But I'm talking about even just the average NBA point guard. He's not that. He's more of like a defensive-minded off guard. You know what I'm saying? So, I really think that's what ends up making or breaking the series is that matchup between Drew and Marcus Smart. And I'm personally going to pick Drew. And that's why I have the Bucks winning this series in six. And then on top of that, if Boston wants to win this, they're going to need Jalen Brown to play at the all-star level. He had a pretty good series against the Brooklyn Nets, who we all know don't play any defense whatsoever. But Jason Tatum struggled in game one, too. I don't think that's going to continue, even though the Bucks' defense is legit between Drew, obviously, Giannis in the help side, Brooke Lopez holding down the paint. Wesley Matthews is a really good perimeter defender. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and that's a big reason why they won it all last year in 2021. And it's still going to continue over even without Chris Middleton. Their defense is still elite, in my opinion. Of course, you still got Bobby Portis, too, who's a pretty good defensive player. So all in all, like, the Bucs have an elite defense. I think Jason Tatum should be fine. I think he's going to bounce back from that game one performance. I think he's going to get easier looks for himself and his teammates. But I just like Milwaukee, man. I just think they're the more complete team. Again, even without Chris Middleton, I think they know their identity. And when you have a player like Giannis, who I think is the best player in the league right now, and he's proven that over the past couple years now, it's just hard to stop. Because if we're also being honest, the only person in the league that could really stay in front of Giannis, and that's just staying in front, I'm not saying he can lock him down or even slow him down, but just stay in front of him a little bit, is Bam Adebayo in Miami. Nobody else in the league can slow down Giannis. Like, and, and Bam can't even really slow him down. He does a great job of guarding him. He's done it plenty of different times, but... He's the only one that can stay in front of him. And so I just think this is a terrible matchup for Boston. I think they're going to be fine. But again, the key for them is they need Jalen Brown to step up. And, and he has not been playing bad. He had one bad game in game one. It happens. It's not make or break. But they're going to need him to be playing at the all-star level if they want to advance and ultimately move on to the conference final. So it's only game one. The Celtics will make adjustments. I think they need to do a little bit better job of guarding Giannis. Obviously, that's easier said than done. But I just don't think they should send as much bodies as they did in that game one. Because it felt like every time Giannis hit the paint, it was like three bodies there. And to a certain extent, I understand it. But I feel like the Celtics have good enough defenders where they only really need two to guard Giannis when he gets into the paint. Like, you should start off probably having Al Horford guard him. And then you should probably have Grant Williams. And then Robert Williams should be the last option. But Robert Williams should really just be in help side waiting at the rim to try and block Giannis's shot attempts, you know, when they come. So I'm not too worried about the Celtics or the Bucks, but again, I'm rocking with the Bucks and six in that series. And then the other game on Sunday, when it comes to the conference semifinals, was the Warriors travel to Memphis. Of course, the Warriors beat the Nuggets in five games in the first round. Memphis beat the Tim or some, yeah, Memphis beat the Timberwolves in six games in the first round. And in this first game in Memphis, you had a great game from Jaron Jackson Jr. You had a pretty good game from John Morant, who struggled in that series against the Timberwolves, and they still lost. Draymond Green got ejected, which was a, a very iffy call, in my opinion. I don't know what the refs really saw there. You know, he's trying to foul Brandon Clark, but then he fell, and as he was falling, Draymond was trying to pick him up, and then it looked worse than what it was because of his landing on the ground. So I don't know what that was. Hopefully the league rescinds it because I don't necessarily think it warranted a, a flagrant two. But it is what it is. The Warriors still came out on top. Again, they won by a score of 117 to 116. Jordan Poole had an amazing game. And I don't even want to get too deep into this series because, in my opinion, 
I have the Warriors winning this series in five games simply because the Warriors have all of the championship experience that you could possibly have compared to a young and inexperienced Memphis team. Of course, Memphis made it to the playoffs last year. They played against the Utah Jazz. They only won one game before losing that series. And now, of course, this year they finally got their first you know, playoff series win um, against the Timberwolves. And they're going to be fine. Like right now, how I look at it, Memphis probably has the best future in the entire Western Conference for the foreseeable future with John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm a big fan of Zaire Williams. My guy Xavier Timmons on the team. And they have other players that are pretty good too. I like Kyle Anderson. I like Dylan Brooks. But I've been seeing a lot of people saying like for the most you know part of this season that the Grizzlies are like real deal contenders. And I kind of just want to laugh at that because it's like, what are you guys watching? Like, as much as I love John Morant, I love watching him play. He's a really good player. The Grizzlies are not contenders yet, man. They're just not. And you know why? One, because as I mentioned, they're young. But two, the biggest thing with them is that for them to get to that contender status, they need an elite two-way wing. And I'm hoping that that wing ends up being Zaire Williams. Because if you listen to my podcast, you know, in years prior and previous, I've been saying for a long time that Zaire Williams has a potential to be a really special all-star caliber player in the NBA one day. Obviously, he's a rookie. He's cracked the rotations under J- uh, Taylor Jenkins' you know, roster, but he still has a long way to go. And this Memphis team, again, is just young, so I don't know why people consider them contenders. It's not a knock. They're just they're a few years away. Again, they're going to be the future of the West. They're going to have their time, but right now they're just young, and the Warriors are still here between Steph, Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins has been playing really good. Kavon Looney is another guy that's been with the Warriors for a long time, knows the system, knows where, you know, the right spots to be at, rebounds the ball, defends at a high level. Like, they just have a little bit of everything. Otto Porter comes off the bench for them. Gary Payton the second has been playing phenomenal for them. He had a monster uh, dunk on Desmond Bain that was just crazy in that game one. So it's really serious. It's, it's really simple. The Warriors have more experience, and the Memphis Grizzlies are lacking experience, and that's why I have the Warriors – winning that series in five games. Now, later today, we're going to have the other conference semifinals matchups kick off. And the first one is going to be between the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, going into this, as soon as I seen that that was going to be the matchup because the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Raptors in six games and then the Heat beat the Hawks in five games, I automatically said Heat in six. I think this is a bad matchup for Philly. Sadly, Joel Embiid is going to miss a good portion of this series. I've seen he has a like a concussion and like an orbital fracture, something like that. That's an eye. So I'm hoping he can get back healthy because to me, he's been my MVP this season. I think he deserves it. He's had a great season. He's had an all-time season. He's been healthy for the most part. Obviously, he's not healthy right now, but for most of the regular season, he was healthy. So hoping he can get back because we need that. Um, the league needs his best players playing on the floor. We've had so many injuries in the playoffs already that we really just don't need any more. You know, Kyle Lowry is hurt for the Heat right now. He's going to miss game one, I've seen. So it is what it is. You know, Doc Rivers and the Sixers are going to have to adjust. Um, but the NBA situation as of right now is definitely tragic. So I ha- I still have Heat in six because they're saying that it is a good chance that NBA probably returns game three, you know, when the series goes to Philadelphia for two games. But I'm sticking with Heat in six. And this is the reason. One, I'm not under the belief that James Harden is washed, but I do think that Father Time is definitely catching up to him. He does look a step slower. And again, I'm not saying that he's completely done. James Harden still does have some fuel left in the tank, 
but it isn't what it used to be. He is no longer Houston Rockets' James Harden, that dude that was so fun to watch, that was giving everybody in the league buckets with the step backs and the dunks and all these different things, the highlight alley oops. He's not that guy anymore, but he's still a really good player. And so the next thing is that, yes, Tyrese Maxey is definitely on the trajectory to becoming a star in this league one day, man. I, I love that dude. Been watching him for a very long time. I wanted him to go to Michigan State for the longest. Of course, he ended up at Kentucky, did his thing, and now he's in a great situation where he can thrive and just be him. But I think the key for them is two things. They're either going to need Tobias Harris to step up and be the all-star level player that a lot of people think he is and play to his contract because he's currently on a max contract, if you didn't know, or they're going to have to have multiple role players step up in the absence of Joel Embiid, whether it's, you know, Furkan Korkmaz, Georges Niang, um, all these different dudes, Shake Milton. You need somebody to step up. Danny Green, some role player has to step up or multiple role players have to step up in the absence of Joel Embiid because their offense, the 76ers offense, is predicated and rightfully so around Joel Embiid because he just draws so much attention. He's a dominant big in the NBA. He's probably the most dominant big in the NBA, him or Giannis, you can make the argument, whatever. But he just attracts so much attention that it really gives so much room, freedom, and space for the rest of his teammates to get off good and clean shots. And so without him, James Harden's going to have to be special. And that's why I think the Heat are going to win this series because defensively, the Miami Heat, I mean, I'm not going to brag about our defense for locking down the Hawks because the Hawks don't have anybody that could make plays outside of Trey Young. But the Miami Heat defense is real between Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, who of course isn't going to play, but Jimmy Butler, Gabe Vincent, Victor Oladipo, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, Caleb Martin. We have so many good individual defenders, and that leads to our team defense that is really scary. So even if you know Tyrese Maxey goes crazy, I think you can live with that. You know, you can't allow James Harden to kill you being a scorer and a facilitator. You can allow him to be a scorer or you can make him be a facilitator, but you cannot let him do both. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. But I think the reason that the Heat are going to win too is because this is going to be personal for Jimmy Butler. Like, that's what it comes down to to me. Jimmy Butler is my favorite player. Most of you guys know this, but this is going to be a personal series for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has probably been itching at the chance to play against the Philadelphia 76ers in a playoff series because we all know the reason why he left was because they said they tried to control him and then they ended up giving a max contract to Tobias Harris and they gave a big deal to Al Horford at the time. And on top of that, they kept Brett Brown, who of course is no longer the head coach. And of course, Jimmy Butler was a much more valuable asset to the Philadelphia 76ers than Brett Brown ever was. And so I think that is going to fuel Jimmy Butler and he is going to become probably the best player in the series. Like, I really think that that's going to be the case. But I think the Miami defense is going to be the key reason to why they move on to the next round and eliminate the Philadelphia 76ers in six games. So that is my prediction with that series. Now, the last series, and what I think is going to be the best series of the four conference semifinal matchups, is the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. In the first round, Phoenix beat a scrappy New Orleans Pelican squad, I think in, what, six games? Shout out to the Pelicans, by the way. They had an excellent season. Willie Green is a hell of a coach. Brandon Ingram is a star in the making if he's not a star already. You know, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, all those guys. Um, hell of a season. Jose Alvarado, I can continue going on. But shout out to the Pelicans because they're building something special. CJ McCollum was a hell of a midseason acquisition. They did their thing this year, and I can't wait to see, you know, their improvement in the near future. But Dallas, on the other hand, 
beat the Utah Jazz in the first round. And the Jazz got a lot of things to, you know, contemplate and consider going into their offseason. But this matchup is going to be fun, man. This matchup is going to be special. You have three stars between Devin Booker, CP3, and Luka Doncic. Um, D-Book and Luka were both banged up in their first series. They came back. Hopefully, they're going to get back into the full swing of things, get their, you know, their full motion and, and rhythm back. And that should be fun to watch. But I think this series goes seven games. And I think Phoenix ends up winning it just because they have home court. Because I think, to me, Luka and Devin Booker are going to cancel each other out. I think the X factors in this series for both squads are the Villanova boys. Jalen Brunson had some big-time performances in the first round against Utah. He's a winner. He's a champion. He's a high-level player. And then Michael Bridges. Mikel Bridges, um, another winner, high-level player. Like, any series that Phoenix is in, Mikael Bridges is always going to be the X factor because he's just that good. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's an excellent offensive player. He doesn't get enough credit for his offense because he's so dominant on the defensive end. But those two guys are the key because when you look at Dallas, the biggest issue with Dallas is who is going to step up and score buckets outside of Luka. You know what I'm saying? You know what Luka's going to give you. You know that you're going to probably get a little bit of contributions from Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith. Maxi Kleber's been playing pretty good too, but you need a consistent number two option, and they need – Dallas, that is. They need Jalen Brunson to be that second option. And Mikael Bridges, he just got to be himself, and that's really all that comes down to. The other matchup that's going to be interesting and I think ends up determining who wins this series is Maxi Kleber versus DeAndre Ayton. I think that matchup could be huge because – DeAndre Aiden has a clear size advantage over Maxi Kleber, but don't just discredit Maxi Kleber because Maxi Kleber is probably the most underrated and underappreciated defender in the entire NBA. And Jason Kidd deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with his Dallas Mavericks roster because we all knew that they were a pretty good offensive team, but defensively, this team has been locked in and playing on the string, and they play hard and they play for one another. And that's been a big reason to why Dallas has had such a successful season and why Luka finally got out of the first round for the first time in his career because of the defense that they play. So I think that DeAndre Ayton and Maxi Kleber matchup is going to be so, so key. But ultimately, I just think it comes down to this. The Suns have two stars and the Mavericks have one. And I really think that's just going to be the biggest thing. And really, to me, the ultimate X factor is Chris Paul. Like, again, I think D-Book and Luke are going to cancel each other out. They're two star players. They're going to do what they do. They're going to put on a show and have big-time performances but CP3, man, you watch what he did in that Pelican series. Obviously, that was his old franchise that he really made relevant. He was going crazy. Even last year, when they went to the finals, CP3 had some big-time performances. When they closed out the Nuggets, you know, when they closed out the Clippers in, in that game six, CP3 is masterful when it matters most. And I think as the series progresses, CP3 is going to have big-time moment after big-time moment, and that's going to be the reason that the Phoenix Suns ultimately move on again in seven games man so those are just my little previews of the conference semifinals hopefully you guys enjoyed that i appreciate you guys if you made it this far man as always this has been another episode of the kevo bands hoops podcast please like comment subscribe rate review and share if you listen to my podcast on apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review that is how we share and grow the podcast Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. We are at Nuts and Bolts Sports Media on YouTube. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on Twitter. Go follow us for all your daily news, sports news, for all the sports that you love. Nuts and Bolts has it for you, man. You guys enjoy your week. I will talk to you guys soon. As always, peace and love. 
gone. 